Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A malibu.com, code GLOW. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Packham. Joined this evening by Matt Knight. Good evening. Jay Cross. Hiya. And Joe Branton. Hello. Nice. You guys have not done your catchphrases this week. Oh, that, no, wait. What I'm are upset. catchphrases? Oh, yeah, do it again. Join, I, jo- I always say hiya. I'm joined by Matt Knight. Oh, no. Good evening. Jay Cross. Hello. That's not it. What do I say? You've been saying who for the last oh, few podcasts. Oh, yeah, I do say who, yeah. Matt Knight. Good evening. Jay Cross. What? And Joe Branton. That's what I call a lemming sandwich. Good. There we go. <laughs> I like this. I like that Maz is like really sensible and like straight down the line. Jay's is just ridiculous. And Joe Branton's is random. Completely random every week. I'm into Joe it. Joe Random. How's it going, guys? Everyone yeah. all good? Yeah. Yes. I yeah, am. Very good, thank you. I should, uh, full disclosure, I am feeling a bit ill. So, firstly, you guys are probably going to get sick. Uh, and secondly, I might do a little bit less talk in this podcast because I've got the world's sorest throat. If I had oh, a penny good. for every time Mark has said that at the start of a podcast, you'd have like twenty p. Yeah. probably. Yeah, enough for yeah. a Freddo. Enough for enough, enough, for, enough well, to maybe I, buy him a, a Lemsip. So. I wouldn't want a Freddo because actually, I think it's my wisdom tooth that's the problem, and it, I get a bad throat. So. Um, I've got water. Hopefully, we'll make it through. Last part of our Nam roundup. Nam part three. Return of the Nam. Um, the, the, oh, we didn't. We Revenge called, of we, the Nam. We should have called Nam again. Last week, it should have been the Nam Pie Strikes Back. Really, yeah, it? that would have been good. Uh, what at, about the Nam Hope? The uh, the Nam Crusade. The Nam to Menace. No, that's the first one. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah well, it would it have been the, a Nam Hope. But the first episode is oh, episode yeah. one. That's yeah, but true. this is episode three. Phantom Menace. The, uh, what else we got? The Nam Father 3? No, that was <laughs> It's Nam Father Part 3. The Nam Father Part 3? Yeah, 100%. Um, Paul Blart Maul <laughs> Nam 3. Um, um, Nam Fast, Nam Furious. <laughs> part 3. 
This is unbelievable. Anyway, so... People um, are paying for this. Oh, no, wait. Pe- no, people are not paying for this. We keep the good stuff for the Patreon episode. Julian That's Leia. not true. That's not true. You get other, a other full range of goodness. Uh, um, Nam to the future part oh, three. I was about to do that. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> So, um, what's been going on this week, Japs? Um, Matt Knight, have you got any, uh, got any news for us? Perhaps a new arrival? Men yeah. in Nam 3. Awful. <laughs> Men in Nam. <laughs> oh, dear, you're rubbish. Um, yeah, I finally um, bought my Les Paul. He got it. Happy days. Does that mean the SG's... The, does that mean the, the old Les Paul is gone? The old Les Paul? The yeah. old... Yeah. No, wait. What year was it? 62? 61. 61. So Does that it... mean the old Les Paul is gone? Yeah. Yeah, it has, it has departed. Oh, man. It was, it, it, so it, it was, kind, it was sort of a sad, you know, a sad day, but also a day when I realised, I just don't think I'm ever going to buy a vintage guitar ever again. I Every don't... time I buy one, I'm always like, ah. Oh, and then, I'm, then about six months later, I'm like, ah. Oh. <laughs> Talk us through the spec of your new Les Paul. I want to hear yeah. about the old one again. No, the old uh, one's done. Forget about it. The old one's buried. Okay. The only time I've ever, like, we, we all know, the only time I've ever sold something, regretted it, was that Esquire. One day it will come back. Until now. Um, yeah, so it is a uh, 58 um, reissue Les Paul in ocean pink with a black back. And it is basically the same spec as the 2013 historics what they're now calling this year they released the name standard historic so um yeah they've kind of gone through i think they've sort of simplified gibson again this year but yeah effectively standard historic what this one is is uh vintage neck tenon obviously um one piece rosewood fingerboard but they use the hide glue on the neck join um it's the sort of vintage uh, Les Paul shape but not the uh, true historic shape which is the other one they're doing uh, but yeah basically a, a standard 58 Les Paul but it's an ocean pink and that that is, is there we go the final the, um, the biggest detail just snuck its way in at the end there in glorious ocean pink, ocean pink. it's the only one I've ever seen um, is it, I think probably the only one ever well I was going to say is it the only one in the country because if you remember it, when we it start- is the one from in, the one that we talked about on Instagram yes that's because that's one. what's really funny is that we um, so you saw this guitar in a shop and were like I've got to buy this I've got to buy this I have to buy this and then we spoke about it on the podcast after you put the deposit down and then somebody in the group brought it up and went oh look Here's a here's a guitar just like the one that you were talking about or whatever, and it was a it was a link to the Instagram um, picture that had been put an Instagram picture that had been put up maybe six months earlier or maybe a little yeah. earlier than that in in the Gibson custom shop. Yeah. And if you looked down and looked at the comments, there's a comment from me tagging the rest of you three nice. in it. Or maybe it's a Twitter page, a, a Twitter page, but it was one or the other. But I, I, I saw that guitar and was like, "That's unreal! That's absolutely amazing!" And I tagged the three of you in it, which yeah. is something that we do all the time. If like we don't say anything, we just if anybody sees something cool on the internet, we just at each other, and uh, and everyone just goes, uh, uh, they're just pointing at each uh, other again, and um, uh, and and yeah, I just think it's really funny that something that we talked about on the internet. 
actually ended up happening. It's really I cool. know. And um, actually, it's funny because I've, you know, as part of our ongoing Guitar Nerds uh, worldwide takeover, I finally got back into Instagram because I really want to look at nice pictures of guitars. And oh, um, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. And um, and Bulldogs, you know. Of course. Um, and I was on the Gibson Custom page, and I was like, man, some of the things that they think up of, like in terms of color option things, I'm like, so good. And it just made me realize that I really want a 54, two P90s, yeah. wraparound bridge. The, That's did, what I want next. There was that one that uh, showed up the other That's day, which was like you. purple like, sunburst. Ultraviolet sparkle. Yes, nice. It looks so when you good. Say purple sunburst. What do you mean? It, it was like purple. It's like it's like ultraviolet color. So it's like bright purple in the right. middle, going to dark purple at the edge. Oh, okay, right. Because um, with two P nineties. Because in the uh, in Joe's shop, I assume it's still there. It was certainly there the last time I was there. Um, there was a uh, a I can't remember what year it was. In fact, I think it was just a custom shop. Les Paul's standard, I think. I think possibly. I'm not sure. And uh, it was um, in purple sunburst. Okay. Which I always actually really liked because I thought it was quite subtle. Yeah, that because that's mean, the that's like a proper burst, isn't it? It's yeah. Like, it looks like if you weren't if you were just scanning the room, you'd just see like a desert burst. Yeah, or you wouldn't a know. I, I know exactly the finish that you mean. Yeah. It's got like a kind of hidden purple. Yeah, in it. yeah. And I thought that was really nice and really subtle. Presumably, this one, if it was something that Matt was into, oh, no, subtle is not the word that you would use no, to describe it. It's no, fully it purple. Like, right. It was like. It it was imagine um, the Jay Mascus um, Jazz Master, the old Jazz one. Master, but yeah. not as thick uh, flake. Sort of and a bit like sunburst. It was very, yeah, sort very of like good. A, had black, black outer edges. Yeah. So like it, a like a silver burst, but purple. Yeah, but probably not as much as a burst. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Nice but and subtle. Was, and that was yeah. a fifty-four. Fifty-four. Yeah. Well, it's nice. It's nice to know that they're sticking with uh, yeah, you know vintage correct colours. You know. Was that was that just, wasn't that was an option. It was, yeah, yeah was to have option. the metallic purple burst. Well, after, after that came up, after the obviously I took home pink one. I was like, do you know what I'm going to add to my eBay list? I'm going to um, I'm going to add Les Paul Customs. So all the, just any Les Paul Customs to get added to eBay. And literally that evening, someone listed a 57 in seafoam green. Oh, I was like, oh. that's great. <laughs> if only I had the money. Imagine that. He was like, yeah, I bought it as a custom order, just stayed under the bed. I never used it. Imagine having a 57 in seafoam green and then a 58 in ocean pink. That, is, that sounds very combo. good. So the, the 54 it would be wraparound, P90 wraparound. Yeah, and then 55 was the first... Tunematic. First uh, Tunematic? Yeah. yeah, but it was still P90s. No, no. Yeah, uh, oh yes, The reason that I said no is because I was thinking of that 55 hot mod, but the that 55, was 55. Yeah, the that 50, was retrofitted. That's P90, right. Yeah. Uh, retrofitted. One, of those, um, one so, of those is up on eBay at the moment as well. It came up, and I'm like, God, I forgot how good those guitars they were. were. Off center maple, but like, really cool. Oh, oh, are they yeah. going for any decent money? No, this one's actually like relatively low. Is it? Okay, cool. What sort of money are we talking? At two grand, okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm considering us- they were like four thousand five hundred new, I think. Yeah, they were quite expensive. So, what's the difference between a fifty-five and a fifty-six? Nothing, I don't think. I don't think there was any major difference. I think there's because there's definitely fifty-five with humbuckers. So I'm wondering if there was some sort of odd crossover period. Is fifty? Perhaps. With okay, is fifty-five? 
Sure, it wasn't 56 the first year of the Tunematic. Sorry, not 56, uh, 57. I think 54, 55, and 56 all have wraparounds. No, wraparound definitely has a Tunematic, I'm sure. Wait, what? that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> 56, you mean, definitely has a Tunematic. 56. I'm pretty sure 55 yeah. does as well. 55 has got a Tunematic. So, 50, okay, so, there's, so uh, yeah, okay, maybe there's no difference between 55 and 56 then. No. The 55 has got the, uh, oh, that's a custom. That's, that's the, um, the ones in Ebony with those awesome neck pickups. Um, anyway, shall we, um, shall we talk about something else that we did this week? Okay, um, Matt. This this, this, conversation, this involves sure. you. So we did a load of demos um, for stuff going up on the website and on the YouTube channel. Joe Branton, do you want to talk us through the videos that we did? Yes. Uh, you guys all turned up at my house at 11 a.m. in the morning, um, the morning after my girlfriend's birthday. Yes. Um, you were the most hungover I've seen a person. I think. Well, I spent the entire night throwing up. I don't even remember the last pub that we went to. Sorry. So I was very happy to see you all. Um, yeah, I bet. <laughs> but but yes, it was good. We we managed to turn my lounge upside down, turn it into the video room, and what did we film? We filmed basically all the pedals from that periscope you the, did a while ago. The monthly mailbag. The monthly so mailbag. we did uh, the dolphin sound overdrive. Um, the dolphin Sounds sound one, yeah. That did sound surprisingly good. I, I wasn't really very taken with the style of it. It didn't have anything... Or it on paper, or the way blank, it looked, yeah. But... Well, it was, and I know that's got nothing to do with the way something sounds, but just everything, it it was just like a an, an overdrive, and I, there was nothing about it that especially made me think it was going to be great, but it actually sounded really good, and it was very versatile, really good, like utility pedal basically, because it did yeah. everything from like a real clean push right through to a kind of. Um, just a good sort of boss DS1, DS2 style drive. Yeah, really. yeah, yeah. It was, um... I suppose it's got to be difficult though, isn't it? If you're if you're going to come in now and you're going to go like, right, we're going to make pedals. We've got this wicked sound. It's like, how do you set it apart from everything yeah. else without it being one completely oversized, two completely overpriced? Yeah, well that's three, it. That, yeah, but it's, it's but the, an- the answer is, is that you make it super boutique. Like the people who are doing that sort of thing right are companies like... Um, like like Zvex or there are you know there that sort of style of boutique where you make them look interesting or you give them interesting names and I think maybe the idea with pedals moving forward is is actually almost moving away from like Boss have come back so strongly in the last couple of years so strongly that there's no point going after that market anymore Boss have mm. got it they've got the utility pedal yeah. what you need to do is make something that isn't versatile that maybe does one thing really well and that thing could be a bit more extreme you need to you need to offer something that boss don't offer on in their pedal range well, to make I mean, your pedal popular the other one we did was obviously the uh prickle sounds from cult audio which did no clog audio, clog audio which clog, did exactly, prickle fuzz which did exactly what i just said yeah so yes. that pedal something on, totally Different. So it's it's one in a series. It's not the only. They do a complete range of pedals, but the what what really makes um, this uh, the, this clog audio range of pedals very very unique is not only the um, the acid um, etched uh, printing. Yep. On on the front, which looks amazing. I love the look of uh, that sort of um, it sort of laser etched print on the front of a pedal, just like a, a steel pedal. But also there are no controls. It is completely knobless. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's their noblest range. Yeah. 
Um, so that was quite good, wasn't it? It sounded really good. Again, a different take on the fuzz thing. Um, it had and two two buttons, though, two modes, which was fuzz and prickle. Yes, uh, the prickle brings in what presence. Was it? Really. Yeah, a little bit of presence, like a little bit of extra top end. Um, yeah, I thought it was a, a nice little take on. I thought it was a great pedal. And yeah. what a difficult thing to do if you're going to say that. I mean, it's a gimmick, isn't it? That if you're going to say we're going to have no controls on there, so that it's just a pedal that people don't have to mess around with it's just got a sound one sound you think how many sounds you get over just sort of you know like three or four notches on a knob on a normal sort of fuzz pedal we're gonna have nothing on that but we want to make it really really usable that the amount of actual time and effort that must have been put into making sure that that fuzz sounded great and that the prickle gave it that sort of little bit more I, i think it was a really hard undertaking by a pedal brand trying to make something that would that that would make that range popular by being so unique. Are Definitely. they cheap? Uh, do you know what? I don't know the price actually. Okay. Head over to the Clog Audio site to find right, out. Okay. I don't think they're particularly cheap because again they're handmade in the UK, so right, pro- okay. probably not super cheap. Just yeah, you know, it's one of those things where you you think if there's no, as you say, if. It, it, it's sort of taking a uh, it's sort of taking a a punt really, and it's not a particularly um, what's the word? It's not a particularly it's not going to have a, a huge a huge broad appeal, and so it, it's real. That I mean, I, I'm all about. I guess it's it's kind of interesting because it's kind of um, towing a line between. Uh, like confidence and arrogance, and I, I like it. I, yeah. li- I, I like it. I think that that's, I think that that's, um, that's something exciting to see. In you know, it's not companies playing it safe, and it's not companies doing something completely out there. They're just going like, listen, this just sounds good. Yeah, it's just it will make you sound better. more knobless pedals, please. The, the, definitely, definitely. I think I think there were definitely some pedals that sort of thing can work with. I think Fuzz is a really, I think they did a great job with the Fuzz, but I think that was one of the hardest ones to, to make something with because I think people use Fuzzes in so many different ways. Yes. yes. Sort of the completely outrageously over-compressed, like noise-gated super Fuzz to using them sort of quite uh, traditionally is and, that your and new band of... noise gated super fuzz oh yeah that's a good it's good it's good um, and uh, we also did a beat buddy demo which I'm not going to go into because uh, the video I think will stand on its own uh, when we put it up on the site um, but the, the last pedal we did was the uh, F pedals phase vibe which we've already talked a bit about on the podcast because I kind of plugged it in and did some periscoping I think with it um, an awesome sounding phaser Matt what were yeah. your thoughts on that I really liked it I think so often now especially with so many midi pedals out there some things can get overlooked really quickly because you instantly i think it's how people were you know with um mxr a few years ago and with boss is just kind of like ah it's an mxr it's a boss pedal you know it's a digitech pedal whatever in those brands that you've seen a hundred times before and i think people have been going ah it's just another mini pedal but actually a lot of the times when you plug them in, they sound really, really good. Yeah. And that was just really impressive. Like, really thick phaser, loads of really usable sounds. Um, I'd love to see the wireless charging one. Definitely. I, I think yeah, it's definitely. a cool bit of technology that really hasn't necessarily made its way anywhere yet. Yeah, well, uh, like charging up your whole pedal board, I think, is like a really cool that's, idea. That's, I think, because that's the idea, right, is that they've got a pedal board and you can put all their pedals on this pedal board and then, basically, the pedal board charges the pedals and then... Yeah 
take it away. Yeah. Which, is a, which is pretty nuts. It was the same as um, there was an amp company out there that were working out a way that you could power your pedal board from your amplifier. So your amp... Oh, I remember that. I remember seeing amp, that. And they were like, oh, yeah. And then they were like, oh, actually, it's kind of like years off. So just come just back. It. Come just back to us. It. Well, talking about uh, mini pedals, um, we had some stuff turn up, which is actually just down here. I've got them by... Uh, by the you know, this recording video, desk. Right? I know, I know, I know, but I wanted to get them. Uh, I wanted to get them nearby so we can have a look at them. Um, a couple of pedals from X Five turned up. Now I don't know a huge amount uh, about X Five. Um, Matt, you seem to know a little bit about the background. You sure yeah, it's not Zvive? It's not Zvive. It's a hundred percent X Five. Zvive. Well, it's not an Xylophone, is it? It's this is X Five. Yeah. Matt, Matt, no, no. tell us about them. Agree to disagree. So. Oh, hold on. Oh, it's definitely Vive, Joe. It's It confirms it on their website, just just so you know. Good. Just in case you were wondering. Um, so, yeah, all designed in the US, um, but I think built in... Uh, Made in China. Yeah. Um, China. But actually, the guy um, who designed them all um, actually worked for Electro Harmonics for five years. And okay. then also worked for Pigtronics and helped design the Mothership um, guitar synth. Oh, nice. right, okay. So I didn't know. Um, wow, he also co-designed the amp kit. Um, you know, the amp link kit um, oh, yeah. for iPhones. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. It's some, some, nuts. some history to the, uh, to the yeah. designer. Yeah, he also helped design the Infinity Looper and the Ecolution 2. There we go. Which is probably why, because I know one of the pedals we've got is a looper, probably. It is, it is. Can I just say, holding these, they feel for mini pedals, they feel like surprisingly mm. weighty. Yeah, they, mini pedals often like you know that the circuit board inside is tiny, and then they've just put like a real lightweight chassis. But these feel like substantial. Yeah, these that remind one, me of the um, uh, the exotic. Uh, yeah, that weighs yeah. that weighs like not much less than a boss pedal. No. I would say. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's in a tiny, sort of more more sized box. So the two we've got are the Duet Looper and the Golden Brownie. Matt, do you want to tell us a little bit about the Duet Looper? Yeah, because I, I hadn't heard much of these until you kind of sent the um, photo through, and I was like, oh wow, these look really really cool, and they do like a massive range of like loads of analog pedals. Like their whole their analog series is like twenty odd pedals, which is pretty nuts. Yeah. Um, considering they've only been going, I think three years. Um, but yeah, I, I think with the duet looper, you've actually got effectively a verse and a chorus built in. You have. Um, so it, by the, by the looks of things, so there's like a little mini toggle at the top. I think that changes the function of no, the, no, the. Isn't the toggle undo redo? No, it's there's a because you can go down onto verse chorus, so you can have the foot switch do undo redo, or if you hold it down, it will do verse chorus. Exactly. So I'd imagine it's start and stop and overdub, but then if you hold it down, it must have another function which can either be undo redo or switch between two different loops. Yeah. Like, oh right, okay. Yeah. Right, wow. Which I can't um, think of another single button looper that does that. Uh no, even the um, Ditto X2 doesn't allow you to have two different loops that you can no. switch between. No, this is cool. Um, it's, it's also USB out. So yeah, I, so they, they basically, because it, it was designed with the guy that obviously designed a load of the Pigtronics and stuff, inclu including the Infinity Looper, they were like, oh, can you basically just design a mini version? So they kind of come up with that. So the idea behind USB is that if there's any updates or they change anything, you know, you can basically 
update it, which is really nice because actually they might add in. I know we, since I've had the Infinity Looper, they've added in like loads of cool features that weren't there before. So that you know you wouldn't actually think like loads of things to do with kind of how the decay works and how you can work it with an expression pedal and you know like changing the pitch and things like that so you know who knows what they might come in the future for that Definitely. I think I think with pedals like uh, the infinity looper and um, I guess I guess like larger pedals so like the infinity looper and ESA um, ESA's got um, USB right for updates and stuff uh, no no, okay. this is the thing. They're thinking about, um, you know, I've suggested that they do something with MIDI because it's easy enough to do it via MIDI. Okay. So. I mean, I, I just feel like, um, okay, in that case, that maybe invalidates what I'm about to say, but I feel like with these larger pedals, having um, having that USB connectivity to download updates, um, like like with the Helix and with, we, you know, with, with like really big things, it's really important that, Excuse me. That companies sort of future-proof their, you know, the, oh, these totally, pedals. Totally. So like something like the the Infinity Looper, and then the Helix. I guess those two are, are fairly good examples. There's so much money that you need to be able to future-proof them, and you need to be able to offer proper like <laughs> um, assurances that um, you know it's worth investing in this. And yeah. you, if you, for example, buy a Helix they're not going to in a year's time do what line six have done with you know so frequently which is okay cool yeah um actually we're done with the um hd 300 and now we do an hd 400 actually we're done with that and now we do an hd 500 and just offering the you know just saying like okay cool look we're not going to be doing that anymore what we're actually going to be doing is here is uh, an update and you can just download that yeah. and you don't have to pay for it and I think it's cool that companies are going to be doing that in smaller pedals like I thought it was really good that um, the uh, for example the Polytune had the USB yeah. connectivity you know so it's like okay cool well look here's an update it works a little bit better and you've got a few more tunings I thought that was really really neat and uh, and the same with that I think that's I think that's very cool I think it's I think it's important and also it's something that maybe some pedal companies are a little bit afraid to do because having if you stick a usb on something immediately a lot of the sort of uh pedal purists out there just go like nah nah it's not that it's not true bypass anymore i don't want it or you know whatever you know and I, i just i think it's i think it's i think it's cool um it's cool to to if anyone wants to just fast forward it's cool the first, I, um, the first time I ever plugged an amp into a computer was a Line 6 Flex Tone, talking about Line 6, uh, MIDI to printer port connection. Right on. Oh, yeah. That's did when... You, did you just... Were you able to play something and, and it, then it printed? Print it. Oh, it did. did, it, print did it, the tab? It, it automatically printed the tab. It did was it? amazing. It did not do that. But USB <laughs> wasn't um, kind of as commonplace. I guess USB came in in like... 99 maybe 98 something like that maybe even 97 but um like the print connection was still kind of one of your main ways that you were plugging things into your computer so um line six bought out a cable that was uh midi in and out on two port two plugs to a printer port connection right wow. so yeah exciting stuff download your sweet steve itones to your flexstone too speaking you, uh... of 
Go on, Matt, you go first. I was going to say, you might be interested to know that it was initially designed in 1996 for commercial release in 1997. So what, USB? Yep. Nice, there we go. There we go. What, my uh, tiny PC, I think it had one USB port, and <laughs> uh, I had to connect the mouse and keyboard via PS2 connection. Do you remember that? Before oh, yeah. USB, you'd have... PS2 connection. PS2 connection, yeah. Sweet times... Um, speaking of, um, I'm sort of, this is a very tenuous link, but it was something that I saw on the internet this week that was quite funny. You used the computer for the internet? I did. Okay, um, sweet. Um, right, speaking Done. of, uh, like, music and stuff, um, I, uh, I saw a uh, Facebook status this week from Kurt Balau, who okay. is the guitarist in Converge. Okay. And uh, he, he, um, he just posted up a picture of a music stave. Yep. Uh, is that what it's called? When uh, it is, like, it is. There's some stuff yep. with some notes on it. That's the one. And he was like, listen, I know I should be able to read music, but uh, Kurt Balau is an incredible guitarist, really, really incredible guitarist. And uh, he was like, look, I know I should be able to read music, but I can't, I can't, it's been so long since I've done this, I can't work out what this is telling me how to play. Um, can someone just like post me a video of what this is? And he posted up this... Uh, uh, you know this picture of it, and it said 148 BPM or whatever, and um, a bunch of people did it, and it turned out that he had got a bunch of people to rip roll themselves. Amazing! That is amazing. Amazing! Absolutely, very, very good. Absolutely incredible. Um, Jay Cross, you put on a gig this week. Any um, interesting guitars or anything um, at your Beach Slang show? Uh, no, not really. Um, so I put on this band called Beach Slang, uh, who are a very cool indie rock band from Philadelphia. Uh, they, um, what was quite interesting was uh, they were that uh, they went to uh, Milton Keynes and were lent some amps by Marshall. Oh, nice! Uh, and they also went to what did they get? Loads. Yeah, code, codes, yeah. They also went to somewhere in London and uh, borrowed some guitars from Gibson. Oh, cool. Um, so uh, the guitarist who, um, pre on the previous tour, was playing one of the guitars in your video that was like the rarest. Or Sonics weird. 180. He, yeah, so on the first tour, uh, he was playing a Sonics 180 and apparently after I uh, told him to watch your video... And he realised how rare the guitar was. Yeah. He now no longer uh, uses that guitar. Really? Live. Okay. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Um, so he um, he had borrowed a uh, Les Paul Standard from a handful of years ago. Uh, I think it was a 2008 Les Paul nice, Standard. Nice. Good year. But uh, no. Oh no, that's Neutric Jack plugs. Just before that. Okay. So I think it was a, it. It wasn't that spec. It was. Um, it was. I think it was from 2008, but it was like an early 2008 or a late 2007, something like okay. that. But he had a uh, so he had a cool Lesbol standard going into a Marshall uh, 1974X or what's the um, no is that the one speaker version? What's the two speaker? 74X is the one speaker. What's the, the two version? Is the so the 74 is one speaker, 18 watts, and then they do an 18 watt 1958, which is two tens, and then the they do a 1962, which is the Blues Breaker, which. 
Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, it wasn't the blues breaker, so it was the 58. Cool. So he had, he had one of them, and it sounded whole wicked. Nice. Nice. Uh, good, yeah. good old Marshalls are well Yeah, good. really good. Really good. Like, I mean, those... I mean, it's not even an, an old one. Not old, but you know what I mean. Old style. Old style Marshalls. I mean, the, the 1974X is one of one of my favourite amps of the modern era, I guess. I mean, I don't know how long they've been doing it, to be honest. I don't think it's since 1974. No. X. I, yeah, it was from the year 1974X. Yeah. I was thinking that the other day. I have no idea how they came up with their names because I know uh, a guy that we know, um, Sparky, he had a 1985-1987 JMP head. Yeah, that's always weird. I think so, maybe someone what? drank 197 cans of 4X and they were like, that's what the amp's called. Surely 1,974 cans of yeah, No, because then it wouldn't work because you need the 4X... At the end. Oh, very good. Anyway, um, shall we do some uh, more Nam news? Sure. Yeah, cheers. I had a great week. Oh, well, what did you do this week? Well, you already talked about the pedals that we recorded. Oh, yeah, I guess I did, yeah. I'll try and Um, include everyone. Matt got his guitar, Jay did a gig, you recorded some demos. Oh, yeah, that is what we did. I got the X5 pedals. You were hungover. Yeah, that's it. The thing is, you actually just told us what you did this week. You just can't remember. Uh, Too too much boozing. Too much booze. I've quit booze now. Anyway, you seem to be drinking a beer right now, <laughs> literally as we speak. Um, tell us, uh, do the news thing. News. Um, so this is the, uh, I guess, the last part, depending on how we go. Yeah, We've already you, been um, talking for thirty-one minutes. It's the last part of our, our Nam roundup. What did I miss off, Matt? Start with that. Yes. I need to go because we were talking about amps and then I just suddenly thought that I saw this today and thought this was absolutely brilliant. Guitar Nerd's favourite Earthquaker devices have announced their first amplifier. Okay, tell us. Have they? Yeah. It's not cheap. 
but it looks awesome. Uh, they did um, this a while ago. We're talking about the one control earthquake. Yeah, this has actually got three controls. The same oh, project 25. It's not purist enough. <laughs> Go on then, tell us about it. Um, 25 watts, all valve, volume, treble, and bass. Uh, that is it. It is $2,450. Whoa. I would definitely pay it because it looks amazing. That, yeah. um, it looks like an old Matamp, so it's like really tall and like quite not very wide. So they like almost like a little square box. It looks amazing. That sounds awesome. Do we know how available they're actually going to be? Uh, at the moment, I don't know at all. It's not even on their website, so I don't know even if no, it's like I don't know whether it's a built-to-order thing um, or what. I'm I'm not sure, but it looks pretty awesome. Well, I just saw it say, and there was a few videos from them, and and it kind of made me realise that there's just like. I don't think you could ever talk about everything that's ever at NAM because I saw a video today of just weird and wonderful and there was just like people going around just picking all the oddest things at NAM. Just like when you get down into that bottom hall, like underneath the uh, when you go from the main hall down the escalators down into Hall E, I think it is. Yeah. Um, there's some proper proper weird stuff like people that are just making guitar replicas that are like eight foot tall, and that's what they're there for. I don't really understand what they're there. I don't understand how that's a full full time business. Well, maybe like, they're how are you making money? Maybe out? they're like shop fitters, and they're going like, "Oh, you've got a guitar shop. Look what we could do for you in your shop." I don't really understand. I didn't stop by there and was like, "Why are you here?" That was just a bit rude. <laughs> I feel like that would just be a little disrespectful to them. Yeah. Um. So that's got what four controls on it, or three controls. Three. One amp that's got a lot more than that is the new Messaboogie JP2C John Petrucci Signature Amp. Nice segue, man. Indeed. Matt, what's the deets? It's got a lot of controls. Go on. Um, yeah, I think... And it's a lot on, of money. It is a lot of money. Well, there's two, actually, there's two. I yeah, think that's gonna... right. You can pay a £1,000 extra to have a wood panel on the front of it. <laughs> oh, and, and his signature. <laughs> oh, of course. Oh, great. Um, everyone loves John Petrucci. Yeah, he seems, no, to have a, he seems to have a good year at NAM, actually. I think he's got that, and there was a signature wire pedal as well. I was just... I, I think we should... I was going to... Just about to say... Blah, 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 blah. I was just about to say, how many different signature items does John Petrucci have? So, Music Man... So he's got a music man. He's got a couple of music man guitars. Six yeah. and seven music strings. man and music man subs as well. Right. So they, do, they do the Majesty. Uh, they do the standard JP like music man. Uh, he's got the Boogie endorsement now. Dunlop, and then in, in Dunlop they make wire pedals, plectrums. Yeah, and picks. He's got that Asda George range. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's the TC Electronic Dreamscape. Oh yeah, that's yeah, the dreamscape. That's yeah. not still current though, is it? I think it so. Is. Oh, is it? Yeah, okay. okay. Uh, so that's that's at least five different companies. Yeah. He's I mean, a regular he's still away Bruno Massa. Joe Bonamassa, but yeah. Yeah, he's not quite there, is it? He's not quite up to that level. Anyway, tell us. Um, so the the JP two C. What's it all about? So I think he'd been using the Mark V twenty fives, the the mini ones, for quite some time. Great amps. And, yeah, awesome. And you can, get, using... you can get basically the same thing with his name on it for £1,000 more now. Yeah, it's exciting stuff. It's, it is actually quite different. I, you know, Go on, tell us what, what's different about tone it. Tone capsule. <laughs> yeah, well, basically, I think his... Yeah, tone capsule. I think the main, <laughs> the main thing he'd been using for, I think, all of Dream Theater history was a Mark II or a Mark II C+. So all three channels have the Mark II... Um, like preamp and then each one has a slightly different side to it so one's clean and mark two 
one's Mark II with uh, Gain or Shred. It's <coughs> the same channel three. So you've also got two graphic EQs. I think it comes with an eight button foot switch. It comes oh, with like a pretty mega that foot loud. Um, 100 or 60 watts. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty full on. Three channels, it, reverb, and two graphic EQs. It's, so, sorry, one sec. It's switchable from 100 watts to 60 watts. That's it. Those are the switching options. You've got completely unusable or <laughs> slightly unusable. No, you've got, you've got completely unusable or 100 watts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> m- madness. Who is going to buy this amp? And it's 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 two and a half thousand pounds. John Petrucci, here, probably buy a couple. And, and there's there is a the the other version has no difference in the controls. It has his signature on it and a wooden panel on the front. So it's, and a, it's, it's three and a half. Yeah, but they're only making pounds. Yeah, but they're only making. I think they're only making about ten or fifteen. Right. Of those. Okay. So well, okay. Really limited. Well, it's hopefully John will buy production. them all so that they make their money back. Well, I think it, in one way though, it's quite good because it shows off the uh, the custom shop range that you can have. Because we've had a few people previously who have kind of gone, "Oh, I want a custom spec, a boogie." Yeah. And actually, the range of custom options you can have is like insane. And actually, considering what you get on it, it's actually relatively cheap. Because if you want a stained maple wood panel, that usually adds on about nine hundred quid on yeah. the price. And that's before you kind of add in like custom controls or whatever you want things so, like that. So because the, the so it's a sorry to go back a, a just a couple of steps. It's a Mark Five twenty five. It's a redesigned Mark Five twenty five. So uh, But the, think... the the entire point of the Mark Five twenty five was that it was a it was a small <laughs> It was a small, usable gig. And I realised that John Petrucci is of of a very elite number of, you know, guitarists who doesn't need a small guitar amp. But, like, I don't know. It just, it just seems a little bit odd to not include the ability to turn it down to at least 25 watts. I think yeah, you... I, do you know... Do you know what though? I, I've I've got to say. I mean, I know 100 watts is ridiculous. Like, don't get me wrong, but um, you know, a good a good guy on obviously guitar nerds and a friend of all of ours, Steve, has bought one of the the King Snakes, which is 100 watts. But it was probably one of the best sounding combos for clean because even oh, yeah, though of course, even, of though course. You can, even though you probably never turn it up to full, I think the thing is the amount, the sheer amount of headroom that you get. I think you just need the ability to get it like if you're a bedroom guitarist, it's obviously going to be completely ridiculous. Of course, but if yeah. you're gigging, I think you could probably still. I think the thing is, is that building that hundred watts into a much smaller package, where a hundred watts would usually mean a four twelve and a yeah. massive Marshall head. Um, I mean, we'd all love the op- the option, I suppose, to be able to turn it up. But then, yeah, I don't know. I I kind of see it, and I also kind of don't see the point because. I think everyone I mean, like, here is underestimating the buying power of Dream Theatre fans because well, yeah, of course, of they course. they're not you know it's not um, grotty teenage bedroom music, is it? It's dentists I mean, and it doctors. I mean, it was when I was listening to, to Dream, Dream Theatre. Theater. <laughs> you, you have never listened to Dream Theatre. I bought a Dream Theatre CD when no, I was. No, you didn't. Is that when you had a seven string? Probably. Are you kidding? I bought a Dream Theatre CD when I was. Which one? 15? Yeah, which one, Jay? Uh, was, Octavarium. Uh, no, 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 don't go right I can't remember what it's called. Was it the one that was uh, far too long, had too many notes in it? Um, oh, my no, no, All the songs were a bit boring, 
and it's just a sort of bit rubbish in general. I think that was what it was called. Actually. Oh, right, sorry, sorry. Um, no, it was. It wasn't. It wasn't home. No, home was the track. Scenes from a memory. That's a dream theater yeah, record. That is dream theater. It wasn't well that done. one. Uh, he's on Wikipedia it, now. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> that wasn't the record that I bought. I had the one after that. That was. Are you on? Are you on Wikipedia now? Hold on, no, wait, no, wait, no, wait. not at all. It's just that I actually do listen occasionally to drink. I know this. I know this. Honestly, hold on, Jay. Hold on. I've I've got a spade over here somewhere. Let me just <laughs> dig that hole a bit deeper. No, no. I mean, don't get me wrong. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I, I, I need to I need to reiterate the fact that I was 15 when I was listening to Dream Theater. I'm pretty sure you've just been kicked out of punk. <laughs> uh, pretty weird. Jay, just Jay punk's on the phone. Of, they don't want you to come over. <laughs> just weird. Is that, is, is that Tim Armstrong? Appears to be yeah. a sort of Doc Martin boot print right on one of your ass cheeks. <laughs> Anyway, so the JP2C is uh, Mesa Boogie's new John Petrucci signature. And by the sound of things, we'll probably all run out of buy one, I'd imagine. Um, Jay can... what, what would you do? What would you honestly do if, if I posted on my on my Instagram, like, tomorrow, it's like, I've sold it all, 4x12. Oh, honestly, the way, that, the way that you've been buying stuff recently, I wouldn't put it past you. I'd yeah, be like, credit oh, card's take- I just thought, you know, stick it all on the credit card. Worry about it later. I it's just fine. like Matt's finally. I love that every gone time we talk beyond. to every time we talk to Matt at the moment, he's like, <gasps> buying a house is one of the stressful, so stressful most stressful no. things you'll ever do. I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. How, you just you you, you how, keep buying. You spent yeah. three grand on a pink Les Paul. Yeah, make, how, making making rent really? at the end of each month at the moment. Yeah, being a, making rent is really difficult. Uh, oh, like I said, there's a magic thing called credit cards. Yeah, I know. So you, you, you posted you a picture. Now, worry like, like, <laughs> King of credit. You posted a picture on uh, on on the group of um, of your rig recently, and I was uh, I think I was uh, in a band practice at the time, having a break, and I counted up rough cost of gear and explained it to the guitarist in my band. And bet you know, bear in mind his massive board and double amp setup. Your equipment was his equipment was about a third the cost of yours and yes. you play and and he was like his reaction was like and he just plays in his bedroom yeah and i was like yeah yeah but it's a bloody good sounding bedroom that's the uh <laughs> it's that's the best the sounding bedroom in town I th- I, do you know what though i think realistically if you if you look at i suppose you know especially since we've been doing the podcast i think that's like the massive way that these companies are obviously you know, there's so many more people out there bringing so much more to the table because there's so many more people out there who are playing, you know, just for fun who aren't necessarily playing in a band. And I think, you know, actually, if you look at a lot of the people gigging, most people aren't actually gigging that much stuff. Well, actually, that, actually, that's interesting. That and that was one of the points that um, that Tim made when I was talking to him about it was that, you know, I bet you wouldn't want to bring that Les Paul out if you were gigging. And that's true, and that's why I kind that of... That sounds like someone who... Uh, those are the words of someone who can't afford to buy no, a no, cool no. guitar. Oh, but it's not, because I follow <laughs> the same thing. Because I'd, I'd never spend over a £1,000 on a guitar, because I know what I do Bear in mind you're going on record here. No, but I've said that. I've it's, said it's only that. a matter of time. You're definitely going <laughs> to buy a custom shop. It's only a matter shop. of time. You're no. definitely going to buy a custom shop P-Base. I think, Joe, what you've got to remember is all the gear... No idea. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about some more gear uh, with that in mind. Oh, do um, we have to go on to this second one? It's we, so boring. We've got a lot of Nam stuff to get through. I think we're going to overrun into the Patreon episode again. Um, Patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. Um, but we've still got 
15, 20 minutes to uh, to rattle through some stuff. So, Blackstar ID Core 10150. Um, we've talked a lot about the ID Core stuff on this podcast and how much we love it. Yeah. Um, what's the deal with the 100s and 150s? So, the 100s and 150s are like the 10s, the 20s, and the 40s, but a little bit big, big. Uh, so the ID Core has finally sort of hit a sort of gigable series. Well, I but guess it's weird so though, because they've been doing what I don't understand is they do the ID TVP to prove our power. My my point exactly. I think what they've done here is this seems like a bit of a cop out for me. Okay. And do you think they they just didn't have a new product for this year? I absolutely. Well, maybe or maybe it's just them going. I don't know, man. Like. Look at what Marshall put out. We could do that. Yeah. Let's just do that. It's a little I suppose bit the only thing is with the TVP range is they don't come with the wide, super wide stereo that the small ID cores have. So I'm assuming it's the idea is to give you the super wide stereo, but in a bigger amp Yeah, format. but if you, if you want that, then you just go... You just, you just go, buy two amps. Well, no. Uh, if, you, if you want that and, you, and you're playing live, you just go direct out into the PA. Yeah. Which is you can do that through the um, but Jay, you can do through the these do out. feature an octave effect. Yes, now, if you I'm want in. that octave effect, you can't. You've got to buy the big one. But what they've done, so that's exactly what uh, Roland did when they released the larger um, Cube series. Add an octave. Is they went? Oh yeah, we'll stick a uh, we'll stick an octave on that. It's the way forward. That'll be good. That'll uh, that'll maybe. I just I don't know. I it just seems it seems very odd that they'd do that i i don't know i mean i i found personally working in a shop people didn't want large like modeling practice amps that was a really loud bass rumble was that yeah. from someone upstairs, upstairs yeah, yeah someone's just thundering there isn't it they they don't is my like is really that, was, high that, was that actually thunder from outside no, I think it sorry, was. It's just someone running down your stairs. Oh, right. Sorry, sorry about that, listeners. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, just, just... I, I think maybe what it was is that the, my, my frequencies. It was the the free... boys the boys at Blackstar running into the room <laughs> and uh, gagging Jay Cross and before uh, spilling any more uh, bad words about their ID core you range. Know, I, I love the ID core range. I I think the ID core range is the best are, are the best practice amps that you can buy for. Uh, no, full stop. I think they're the best practice amps that you can buy, um, but they're practice amps. Yeah, I know what you mean. And it's when the companies tend to do this a lot. They take like cool stuff that you'd want to use at home, like modelling and loopers and digital effects and stuff, and then they go, oh, yeah, put that on a 150-watt amp. It's like no one wants a looper on their 150-watt amp. No, they don't. I um, think, though, with 150, you know, with the Line 6 release then, you know... Well, Matt, you well, are the king absolutely. of segways. Talking about making amps a little bit bigger. Um, also released the show, the Line 6 Firehawk 1500. And <laughs> the best, like the best I thing can't I've believe seen this. released. I can't believe you put three rubbish things together, but this 
is surely the rubbishest thing <laughs> we are ever going to discuss. I love rubbishest. Any, rubbishest is any such a podcast, good word. Now, in the past or in the future, never will there be as absolutely cack and amp as the Line 6 Firehawk 1500. Oh, Why, is Matt, 1500? Matt, Why is it called 1500? Why is it called 1500? Why? Because it's 1500 watts. Exactly. That's my point. And that's right, listeners, you didn't mishear us. This is a 1500 watt amplifier by yeah, Line 6. How many speakers are in it? To make the iNuke. I, I know, the but we don't care about that. That's true, that's true. 1000 watt bass amp. No, loads of people do 1000 watt bass amps. Orange do one. You know, it, it's that's quite standard, but... 1500 watts how many speakers bear in mind this is a combo how many One. speakers guys no no Two. no five it's like five or six yeah yeah so uh, it's just really oh, yeah, it's out. the oh, that's, it, that's right it's the they're hi-fi speaker speakers the, yeah but it's the same speaker design as the amplifier isn't it yeah um because the amplifier's got four five speakers in it one central guitar speaker and then four uh, flat response speakers for the for basically the effects. Yeah, flat so, response uh, meaning not for guitars. Matt, hi-fi. Counter what Joe Branton is saying and tell us why the Firehawk fifteen hundred is awesome. Well, it's fifteen hundred watts for a start. Okay, there we go. Bigger's better. We know bigger that is better. we know that bigger's you know, better. You know that is that is fact, actual fact that bigger is better. Um, I suppose. Yeah, I mean the ultimate bit of gigging kit if you use a lot of the iOS stuff you know um, because it's all iPad controlled um, and it's basically taking the Amplify um, sort of design of speakers and the you know the quite popular FR FR style speakers for guitarists now who use modelling um, and applying it to to a guitar amp no, you, you um, so you right. get you get a nice full range big open sound you know I think that was always the great thing about the amplifiers the fact that the effects never feel like they're drowning out the guitar signal, the dry signal. And that's always the thing with modelling amps is sometimes when you put loads of effects or distortion, everything starts to sound really mushy. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. I mean... I, I actually, it, I actually think they've hit a, a really interesting sort of market area because they, they are doing something that no one else is doing. And it's nice to see them representing people because not a lot of companies or, or brands think about you know what if you did turn up to play Glastonbury Festival and there was no PA <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was going somewhere yeah. I knew that was going somewhere I, 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 you mean it's definitely a weird one because it, you know it's the same when they did the uh, HD 147 their 147 watt valve 147 decibel yeah, valve amp. but that was <laughs> one of the coolest sounding toasters ever made <laughs> it looked it's, it's very difficult I suppose for line 6 because they're one of the worst brands of all time. To Joe Branton. Bands. They're one of the worst bands. The bands, Line Six House like band. Yeah. Everyone's really yeah. gutted. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, I suppose it, it's, you know, constantly trying to reinvent the products that they bought out, you know, 15, 20 years ago and kind of always do something different with it. Um, and it's the same, I suppose they're going down the route of, right, so you've got the Helix, which is the floor pedal and you can go into a PA or you can use it for recording. You've got, you know, the Amplify, which you can use at home. And I suppose they've gone well. What we haven't done for a long time is anything like a flex tone or a Vetter combo. Oh, we're all missing the Vetter like a hole in the head. I'm Honestly, telling you, Duo Tone. Duo Tone is the one we talked about it a few weeks ago. And Do you know what was really weird? Is someone bought one in second hand, and oh, I think it was a Vetter one. And, <laughs> and you like, I was like, actually, 
This sounds all right. No, they didn't. They, it, it sounded fine. They didn't honestly. sound fine. They sounded dreadful. Do you know what? No, honestly, they Le- sounded all no, right. No, not honestly. No, they're dreadful. A little bit I of trivia. The thing is that we always come back. We always come from a from a Valve point of view. And in terms no, of no, we mod- don't. I literally was just talking about how much I love the Blackstar ID cores. Uh, I honestly, I will buy one. I will buy you one. You won't buy that. You're pounds. never ever gonna buy that. Fifty-five pounds on eBay. I will buy one. Fifty-five pounds. <laughs> Go on, buy it. Um, Genuinely, one of the worst amps of all time. You're crazy. So, a little bit of trivia. I was listening to the 60 Cycle Hum podcast earlier. Yes. um, And they were talking about how they went to NAMM. And apparently the PRS Guitars booth, PRS Guitars booth, um, they didn't have any amps. Just Line 6 Pod 2s. All That's around. Perfect. The Pod Two still a good sounding what? Bit of kit. But PRS yeah, but Two. Jay, the Veta is the Pod Two. That is basically what a Veta is. It is. So he's he's right. That? <laughs> That's basically what a Veta is. It's the Pod Two this... processing. Oh, no. no. Matt, I really want you to buy a Veta for fifty-five quid. That'd be amazing. No, they're not. They're not. They're some of the some of the why, original. So why did they yeah. sound so bad then? What speakers were they? They must have been using some pony speakers. Those amps. I tried a bunch of those amps, and they were rubbish. I'm telling you, they were rubbish. I'm gonna find. I'm gonna track down a duo tone and buy it for your birthday. That's what we're spending the Patreon money on. Can we talk about a good product now? We can. So can we skip a couple so, so that it's a good product. So yeah, as well, I'm really into this one. This one, the Reverend. As well as going bigger, they've gone smaller. With the amplifi- Amplify 30. Yeah. So oh, okay. we, oh, we knew this was coming. Right. Okay. Surely we knew this was coming. So taking all the Amplify tech uh, that's been in the 75, the 150, and the new Firehawk 1500 um, and put it in a practice amp, basically, haven't yeah. they? And it's actually really, really small. Yeah. Like, when I saw it at demo at NAM, I was like, oh, it's actually Diddy. Like, really Diddy. Yeah. Um, which is quite cool because... That's. I think that some people think actually the seventy five is still too much, and they're just using it in their living room or kitchen. Um, I don't know how often people play guitar in the kitchen, but you know, all the time, all the all time. The time. Um, but yeah, really cool. Uh, that and the the other thing that you've got on the list here, um, I thought was in fact one of the nicest releases at NAM. Actually, well, let's let's make this the last thing that we talk about on the main episode because there's quite a lot to talk about um, with this last Line Six product, the Relay G10, um, and then we'll do some more in the Patreon episode because we've got uh, things from Laney, EBS, Reverend, Supro, Tech Twenty One, Digitech, Seymour Duncan, Amp Tweaker, J Rocket, Washburn, Ernie Ball, Source Audio, and Fret King to talk talk about Holy um, so we'll, what we'll do is we'll do a quick rundown of all that lot in the patreon but i want to talk about the g10 in detail because you said matt well like you just said you thought it was one of the coolest things at nam yeah um it is basically the a completely mini wireless guitar system um and i think what they because they did it they brought out the g70 which was their digital one which g, looked g30 50 and 70 i think yeah I think the 70 was that the new digital one that looked very much like the Shure GLX yes. yeah and then they've kind of gone oh it looks really similar but actually how can we make it even smaller and even simpler blur simpler simpler they've basically it's a box and the transmitter plugs into the box that box then charges the transmitter and then all you do is just take the little transmitter bug out and plug it into your guitar and it automatically just beams straight to the transmitter which is at the front of your pedal board or just on top of your amp. It is actually I mean, the first time I've seriously considered wireless with something like this. A hundred percent. I saw that and actually went, 
I've got no need for wireless, but actually that's such a cool little product. I was like, yeah, maybe you I'm can, into that. Maybe you can finally play guitar in the kitchen like you've always wanted <laughs> yeah. to. Yeah, maybe. Um, well, I, I just thought brilliant because, you know, it's lithium-ion, charges the receiver so you know that it's never going to run out of battery and away you go it's do you remember those samsung guitar bugs i think was it samsung no it was akg it was akg um i know the ones you mean the problem with those is they were really really unreliable but i kind of trust line six to make something that is actually durable because the other ones the 30 50 and 70 have all been actually really high quality yeah yeah, and obviously being digital, the the actual signal quality is going to be really, really nice. Yeah, it's using a kind of modified Bluetooth, isn't it, I think? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, so there we go. That's um, the kind of first part of this week's NAM Roundup. First of part... It's like volume three, chapter one. We're going to do chapter two, a finally the final chapter of NAM over in the Patreon episode. Patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. Whereas... Whereas, where from? Oh man, I'm feeling ill. I'm broken. What's going on? Um, so from as little as five dollars a month, you can get access to an extra half an hour of Patreon con- of Patreon content of Guitar Nerds content every week. Um, and for ten dollars a month, you become one of our executive producers. Um, by the way, we're running out of spaces. We've limited it to a certain number, and we've now got loads and loads of people who have signed up so if you want to become a uh, executive producer and have your name read out on the podcast um, do so very quickly because there's not much time left I'd imagine um, these people have done so and they're awesome Laurie Anstis Joe Deeptoe Eric Sari Paul Carrigon Jack Gadfrew Dale Rusky Jack Canray Will Claw Chris Wallisan Scott O'Brien Matt Quain Fletch Flatcher Fal Tamsettle Moog Gravetison Colin Ondersan That was horrible, my throat. That was really, really bad. <laughs> Anyway, um, I actually meant to do uh, 99 Red Balloons. Oh, I thought you were going to do the Rick Roll. I thought you were going to do Rick oh, Astley. That's exactly what I should have done. Oh, I you idiot. Just hit myself in the head. Good, very good. See what we're working with. I can tell we're recording this podcast later this week because I feel we're a bit sluggish, but we'll get it together for the Patreon, I promise. Um, next week, I know this week we said we were going to do a whole questions podcast. Next week. Um, because we ran out of time on NAM stuff again, next week is going to be the questions podcast, whether we get through the rest of the NAM stuff or not. So I do feel s- like we've been struggling with NAM 2016 for so long that next week might be NAM 2017. Yes, yeah, NAM is summer NAM. <laughs> no, next week is summer yeah, NAM. Next, yeah. And then uh, I can't wait for the week first off. episode of our Frankfurt uh, rundown. Yeah, the Guitar Nerds 2020 is going to be awesome. Um, so please submit questions to the Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Guitar Nerds forum, uh, or you can send them over on Twitter at Nerds um, or you can join us on Periscope we're going to do some Periscoping after this but because of how time works the Periscope will have happened by the time you hear this uh, so at uh, Guitar Nerds on Periscope as well whoa um, or you can go onto the site we're trying to put more stuff up there but um, yeah there was just loads from Nam and uh and we all have full-time jobs we'll and we're really work busy. and yeah. do, do stuff and we're busy in that um, but we've got some stuff going up there I'm going to review some uh little accessory bits and pieces that are cool um, guitarnerds.net 
Um, or you can follow us all on Twitter at Mark underscore random, at Matt Knightsey, uh, Matt underscore Knightsey, at JYBM1, and at Joseph underscore 900. Thanks very much. Hopefully, we'll all be back to full health uh, next week. You See you really, then. You did really well there, Mark. Thanks, I'm really boys. Impressed. Cheers. Check your bad self. Bye. 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 Bye.